on this Reformation Sunday. We know that it was 507 years ago or so. Do I have my math? That's pretty close. Uh, that um, Martin Luther wanted to have the church think differently about some things. This led to a reforming in the church. And for 500 years or so, it has seemed that we continue to tweak the church a little bit, reforming here and there, we might say, depending on how radical the change seemed to you. A little small tweak to somebody is a big change to somebody else. But that's largely what we've been about. We no longer worship in Latin uh, as part of our worship services. Even here at Bethany Lutheran Church, I'm guessing there was a time in your history where when you walked out of your pew to come to communion, you handed the usher a little communion card to show that you were a member in good standing and that you were able to receive communion. We don't do that anymore. There were times when church records were so meticulous that we made sure that you communed at least once every other year at a minimum and made some contribution of record annually to the church, that would completely uh, put our office staff into chaos if we tried to manage all of that. So we now just say, you're all here. Thank you. We love being together. And that makes church. So along the way, there's been little changes, even reforms about how the way we respond to one another and how the church becomes church. Even during this 10 o'clock worship service, some of you know that many of our times our worship liturgy is a little more casual for Reformation and spoiler, spoiler alert next week on All Saints because these are really big festivals in the church. We're making things a little more traditional because we understand that we are where we are because of some tradition. Things that we've carried along the way. Much of our worship service really looks a lot like a worship service that even Martin Luther would have taken uh, leadership of as a Catholic priest, as, as a monk. And so much of this tradition feeds us today and really informs us. But we've talked so often about reforming the church for the church, uh, how this works for us inside the church as well. And I would say if there's a reformation that is right on the cusp of the church today, it is for us to realize that we no longer should be concerned with how the church reforms, but we should be concerned with how the church reforms the world. How is it that the church now is called out into a world that needs us deeper today than maybe ever the world has needed the church? And what do we bring to that occasion? How do we say we will now be people who choose to go out into a world in need and the church becomes leaders for how the world could reform. This might be the greatest gift the church brings to the world in the next 20, 50, or even the next 500 years. That we would take God's word so seriously for ourselves that it would not be contained in what we do here, but would inform everything we do away from this place. 
And so we would hearken back to these words of Jeremiah as he's reaching out to people in exile who are wondering what it is that they have to do to to allow God's favor to be on them once again. And Jeremiah comes to them and talks to them about this covenant that is not going to be written on stone. It's not going to be just a promise that was made to Abraham and Sarah, but this covenant now is going to be written on the hearts of people. If you think about that, this commandment, this covenant that gets written can't be contained now in a sanctuary or a temple, in a mosque. This word can't be contained because if it's on our hearts, it must be taken out into the world because that's where we're going to go. And that's God's call for us is to take this covenant, this promise, this word of grace out into a world in need. We might hear the same thing reflected as uh, Vicki led us in Psalm 46. And we got to that Verse 9, behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world. Wouldn't that be something? Who breaks the bow and shatters the spear, burns the shields with fire that we can realize that God actually is giving us the power to reimagine, to reimagine our place even in the world and what we bring to a world that is so captivated with division and that division even creating violence that somehow the church has to step in that gap and be the place that can be a reform for a place when it feels like the natural inclination is to go at each other to instead sit down and actually talk with one another. And maybe that's what Jesus was giving people the real freedom to do as he talked to his disciples about about being caught in sin, being a slave to sin, and, and Jesus declaring to the people that they will be set free. So often we might think of that as simply being freed from sin. We were captivated by something or captured by something, and now we're set free from it, but then we'd have to say, for what? For what are we actually set free And as as Jesus talks about this in the terms of a slave that might be uh, as a part of a household and being set free from that, maybe what we're actually freed to do we're actually freed up to be a servant. We're, not, we're no longer compelled, we're no longer forced into servanthood, but we're actually freed up to serve our neighbor and in the same aspect, freed to be served by our neighbor. Because it is when we serve and when we allow ourselves to be served that humanity becomes better. We find ourselves realizing that, that a division and even animosity that might want to take place between two people or two groups of people, it cannot survive if somebody chooses to serve the other and allows them to be served by that person as well. The only thing that can come out of that is a new covenant. The only thing that can come out of that is realizing that God is trying to do something to our very hearts, to realize that the world needs people whose hearts are filled with God's law of love, that we can look upon one another with the kind of grace and favor that God wants to look upon them. This is the reformation that the world needs, but I don't see it coming from anywhere but the church. 
And we now need to take on that task. We now need to be the people who can say somehow in our lives we will refuse violence. We will rebuke violence. We will look out and talk about our neighbors in a way that builds them up and builds us up as well. And that does not mean we have to agree on everything. But it does mean that we have to look upon our neighbors in a new way. And so this is what we are called into as the church. In a way, what we can say is God is simply asking us to live the way God intended us to live, to live from our heart, not to live from our mind, not not to live from a, a place that wants us to gain more power or at least somebody else's power to be reduced in, in whatever it is that they have, but simply live into the innate way that God chooses us to live. And so when Jeremiah was coming and talking to the to the people about this. He never called out an individual. He was always saying to a community that God is placing this on your heart. To this community that God forgives. To this community, God forgets the wrong of their past so they are freed up to live into God's preferred future for them. Now you might feel it sometimes individually and that's okay, but there are times when the community makes this even stronger. And there will come a time if the church decides that the world can no longer believe that we are a community that gathers for an hour on Sunday morning, but instead we are a community that chooses to be reformed and then chooses to reform the world. Jesus would say to us, that we are set free. And if we wanna gather up all of the ways somebody has wronged us in the past, well, that's on us because God has already let that go. And if you wanna hold on to yourselves the wrongs that you have done to somebody else and they continue to, to restrict you, let go of them, God already has. God just wants a new covenant a way of us understanding God's power, not just for the church, but God's power for the church for the sake of the world. This could be the greatest reformation that the world has ever known. It will only happen if the church takes the very power that God has put in our midst, that God has written on our collective hearts. If we take that into the world, we may be on the cusp of the greatest reformation the world has ever known. Amen.